The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 17th chapter. Jesus says, Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I'm coming to you, and these things I seek in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because you are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. How much of your life could you file under the phrase, from the outside looking in? Tugs of the heart toward and glimpses of the imagination into something utterly alluring that lies just out of reach. From little girls playing princess to our own ongoing fascinations with the House of Windsor, royals are kind of like that. Wouldn't it be something to get a peek to eavesdrop a bit into a family of kings and queens. When he redesigned and renovated Hampton Court in the 1530s, Henry VIII flipped those tables. On the outside ceiling beams of his great hall, at the eaves, so to speak, he included little painted figureheads. And those little painted figureheads served as a reminder to all of his guests that the top royal saw and heard everything. Royal fascination can flip into grandiose fear, depending who stands atop that scale of allure and who is eavesdropping on whom. John 17 is a case of eavesdropping. We're listening in on a fascinating and potentially quite frightening family conversation. Jesus is talking to the Father. It's really quite intriguing. We're often told, for example, that Jesus prayed, but we seldom get in on the prayer itself. The short little prayer that Matthew and Luke record for us, the Lord's Prayer, that's so important to us followers of Christ that we repeat it all the time. 
But Jesus didn't invite his disciples to pray the extended prayer that's recorded for us in John 17. But he invited them and us to listen in. Now we can't unravel this whole thing. It's woven together in a form that surpasses even the grand tapestries that Henry VIII commissioned for that great hall. But at the center of everything that Jesus is weaving together here are these words. Holy Father. We're never going to get a chance to listen in on another conversation quite like that. Because there is, simply put, no other father like that. Holy says that he's absolutely unique, set apart, even above the majesty of royals. There's plenty in this conversation that could glue your ear to the wall in an attempt to hear more. But when Jesus calls his conversation partner holy, you also might find yourself wanting to skitter silently away. If Jesus is talking to someone holy, we're not only on the outside listening in. We've got no business in that conversation at all. For holy is not the same as mundane, and holy is the opposite of profane. Your life, and what you manage on your best days, is decidedly mundane. Waking and resting, working and eating, earning and paying, caring and being cared for only to get up and try that all again the next day. And sensing the, the ultimate futility of your mundane existence, you then reach for the profane in order to feel something other than your own limitation and to forget about the encroachment of death. That's how you come to defile a perfectly decent mundane life, to stick your hands into unholy cookie jars and to run in the opposite direction of God's will for you, and so to make a royal mess, even of the mundane. The one Jesus is talking to is not like that. He's holy. He's transcendent. He's utterly above the mundane. Allow an absolute tug on your heart and the squinting glimpse of 2020 imagination, and you get to something like holy. It's our ultimate dream. It's our highest goal. And holy is out of reach. It's fascinating contrast to our ordinariness and the frightening antipode to our filth. And yet, we are eavesdropping on someone like us, a man. And he says, Father, after he says, Holy. And thereby, he ties what is utterly transcendent, holy, to intimacy, Father. Can that be? 
Can human beings be somewhere other than on the outside looking in when it comes to the truest tug of our hearts, to the most searching gaze of our imaginations? Is something like intimate familial association with the holy possible? Jesus is indicating that it is. So before you skitter silently away from this fearful and fascinating conversation, remember that it is Jesus who has invited you to eavesdrop. And he has at least one more thing to say. Now that thing is slightly obscured in our translation. In Greek, there's, there's one word or one root that we bring variously into English by saying things like holy, sacred, consecrate, sanctify. One word stands behind all of that in Greek. And with that observation, the opening words of the Gospel lesson, Holy Father, tie up into a rather neat bow with its closing lines. And in those lines, we see that Jesus, in speaking with his Holy Father, is talking about us, speaking on our behalf, praying. Holy Father, holy them in your truth. And for their sake, I dedicate myself to your holy purpose so that they too may be holied in truth. Eavesdropping on Jesus, we find that he doesn't want us on the outside looking in. No. Both he and the Holy Father want us inside, included in the unique intimacy that they share, integrated into a family and a life that we dare not even imagine on our own. And this eavesdrop by invitation prayer of Jesus was made the night before he died. He's indicating with these words his coming death and his resurrection as he speaks of consecrating himself. He so wants us in on the ultimate intimacy, union, and love that he shares with the Father, that he got very intimate with our limitation and our filth and our death. And then by his resurrection, he opened a life with God that no longer stands on the outside looking in. This Sunday marks our seventh celebration of that very resurrection. And the Feast of the Ascension is now just behind us. This means that Jesus has shown you what he has, is up to now that he has ascended into the Father's presence. He's praying for you. He's praying for you to be right there with him. To be as he and the Father are. To enjoy the love and the union that they enjoy. And that's what he's doing to this very day. He is still praying from the inside. So he is not going to leave you on the outside looking in. And you may let your imagination run royally wild with that fact. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.